Welcome back, me sweet listener. I'm Donna Peters. I'm an advisor to executives and next generation leaders who strive to be both career oriented and life minded. The Me Sweet podcast is a forum for how to lead our lives with more purpose, planning, and power, like C suites lead the companies we most admire. The C suite wakes up every day focused on three key decisions. Number one, are we living our own core values? Number two, is everything running smoothly in our day to day? And number three, how do we as individuals stay fresh and relevant for the future we desire to have? You get the idea. We each need a C-suite mentality for leading our own lives. We each need a me-suite, a source of power for the life-minded. Let's get in there. This episode is brought to you by Social Distancing. On this episode of the Me Suite, we will be interviewing Dr. Sarah Schrank. Sarah is a professor of U.S. history at Cal State Long Beach, and her teaching and research specialties include very interesting topics. So listen up. Body culture, urban history, and popular environmentalism. Her latest book is called Free and Natural, Nudity and the American Cult of the Body. And it explores contemporary fascination with natural living, wellness, alternative health, and perfecting our bodies. She grew up in Newfoundland, and she studied in Paris, in Montreal, at UC San Diego. She's also a certified yoga teacher. We are here today because Sarah is a nurturer of next-generation C-suite leaders as a professor. And I think that we have an awful lot to learn from her perspective and to learn even from the research that she's doing about the future that we all want to live in. Welcome, Sarah Schrank. Thank you, Donna. I'm thrilled to be here. I can't wait to, to talk about these ideas. Could we start with your core values and how those have shaped the decisions that you've made in your life? I have three main ones, mm-hmm. and I will elaborate upon them, but if I'd list them initially. The first is loyalty. The second is conscientiousness. And the third is self-awareness, which I know sounds more like a personality characteristic, but I feel it's a value that needs cultivation. I think it's useful for talking about in this context. And so loyalty, um, you know, obviously being loyal to one's family and to one's friends in terms of having their back and being honest with them and and being genuine with them, Mm -hmm. but also being loyal to the tasks at hand conscientiousness is, I think, related to that. And that is, you know, if you're going to agree to do something for some, for example, like you you do it, you do it on time, you make your deadline, um, you carry the weight that's been put on you and the expectation that that will be reciprocated at some later date, but not, you know, calling it in the minute that you've perfected or performed your, your task. And then the last one is self-awareness, which I know that sounds kind of new agey, but really understanding who you are and where where your strengths lie and your limitations, I think is really important for being, um, you know, a good civic participant in our society. So self-awareness, knowing just, you know, what's going to take too much out of you, but also what could be really allow you to flourish and allow others to, I think is something worth paying attention to. I like this list a lot. Did you agree? Was it a fair assessment that you as a professor are really 
nurturing next generation leaders. Do you agree with that statement? In, in some ways, sure. I mean, as a historian who teaches general education classes with hundreds of students in a massive public um, university, mm-hmm. the largest public university system in the United States, yeah, I mean, there's a big responsibility that comes with that. That like you're trying to teach all of these students who are very, very diverse from very eclectic backgrounds mm-hmm. how to think, how to think critically, how to develop context for making connections, how to be good civic leaders, how to be good civic citizens, mm-hmm. and um, you know, my job. I feel is not to teach them things they learn by rote. In this day and age, you can look things up. They have books they can check. I mean, obviously there's things I have, they have to have a base knowledge. I teach them. But beyond that, it's really about sort of learning how to make connections between the past and the present, learning to be thoughtful, learning to be able to evaluate. Because one of the problems I think in our society today is that we're bombarded with so much stimulation, so much information, our Mm. fake news, our real, our real, news, it's hard to sift it apart and it can really breed a kind of cynicism where people are like, I don't know what to make of it. I'm not going to pay attention. And I think ultimately that's really, um, well, I think it's quite dangerous for society to, to take that route, but I don't think it's particularly great for an individual either. So I think that, that my role is to try to teach them how to navigate information. What would your advice be for people that are building a me sweet mindset that they could start doing differently on Monday to be assessing the pa- the past and the present, to be more thoughtful, to be more evaluating and critical of information? In, in some ways, I have really incredibly basic advice, mm-hmm. which I have gleaned over my own experience um, as an academic over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And having, you know, um, tutored and mentored and taught, you know, thousands and thousands of students. Mm-hmm. And generally, I my first suggestion is just to be organized, like be organized in your own daily life, like have lists of things you need to do. So organization, I think, is really key. I think also like, trying to stay focused on your task, like whatever that task is. But if you're organized ahead of time, and you stay focused and then you narrow the focus when you're under stress, I find that it can be very um, productive. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have found that to be very useful advice for students who will eventually be future leaders and managers and will eventually inherit our world from us um, to learn that. And, I, and, I, and being told it, I think find, they find it extremely helpful. And then the third thing I would say um, is to learn how to delegate or ask for help, like mm. however that works out. So for my students, it's often less about delegation and it's more like learning to ask for help. And mm-hmm. I say, you know, one of the things they have assignments, so don't wait to the day before your midterm to suddenly freak out because you don't understand, you know, the 13th, 14th and 15th amendments and how to relate them to the history of reconstruction. Like that's not very helpful to you. It's better to figure out earlier that you're not making the connections and not feeling stupid or not feeling any of those things, just Mm -hmm. simply coming and asking for help. So delegation and go ask for help, I think, are two things in particular that leaders develop over time and are so, they really do differentiate the good from the greats. I do want to go back. When I introduced you, the listeners heard me say that your latest book is called Free and Natural, Nudity and the American Cult of the Body. 
Now, while it's difficult to draw a complete straight line between that (laughs) book and the me suite, I cannot let a moment go by without you saying a little bit more about this research, because I know listeners are going, wait a minute, I would much rather talk about that. Oh dear! Yes, the naked. Well, um, <laughs> basically, I I was in this project began about a decade ago in its very embryonic form, and I, I was just interested. I was interested in body culture. I've lived in Southern California for a very long time, and I was intrigued by sort of the people's obsessions with their fitness and health and mm-hmm. being natural. And a lot of it just seemed, in some ways, a massive effort and also somewhat antithetical to the very urban, modern, metropolitan environment in which we live. Like, how can you get nature out of it? But it's a lingo, right? Like your natural juices, your natural organic, everything. Mm-hmm. So I was curious about the origins of this um, in the United States. And so it ended up being a project, certainly the first part. Um, learning that people as early as, you know, the late 19th century were worried about the rise of modern industrial capitalism and the toll it took on the human body in terms of health, in Mm. terms of too much work or too little work and being isolated from nature, like not getting enough sun and therefore get, you know, suffering from vitamin deficiencies. And so there was a whole world around like trying to prescribe sun exposure and eating better and eating fresh food. And it it sounds exactly like what we talk about now, but in 1885. And so I was really interested in like, what kind of arc can I draw from like this earlier progressive reform, Mm. modern industrial moment in the United States during a period of tremendous technological urban change to today where we have, you know, lifestyle consumerism where people spend lots and lots and lots of money on trying to get back to nature, whether they're camping, whether they're going to resorts, whether they're going to like yoga retreats or going on juice Mm -hmm. fasts that last a month. And so that's kind of the connection. And I ended up with a number of different conclusions, which we probably don't have to talk, we don't have time to get into, but I kind I landed on this idea of countercultural capitalism, that you have this impulse in the United States through the 19th, 20th, and into the present day of taking alternative ideas that kind of challenge, you know, industrialism or challenge mm. sort of the capitalist system and yet become consumer products themselves. And it's a contradiction, it's a paradox. But in places like Southern California, where you have, you know, many liberal people but who will spend, you know, thousands of dollars on name your alternative health practice. I mean, there's, let's say, an enormous billion-dollar industry here. And that's kind of, and so anyway, the nakedness is just a piece of that story, like organized nudism, naked protests, nude beaches, and then the political fights around that. But the body is very central to it, both how we sustain it and keep it alive, but also how we keep it healthy and also how we make it look. And these are very contradictory impulses sometimes. But anyway, that's what that project is. And yeah, I don't know if that's helpful or not. It's very helpful and very interesting. And I think I can draw a line between that research and the me suite mindset. Because the whole premise of the me suite is to be living our own lives with more purpose, planning, and power. Yes. So yes. I, I, and that's what all these people, all of my subjects in my book are trying to do that. Yeah. I, I, every I, I day can, of their lives. I can connect these dots. Yeah. I think this is genius. Uh, the last area I wanted to ask you about, because I've known you for many, many years, and only in the recent mm-hmm. years have you been a certified yoga teacher. What was your personal path to yoga? Oh, wow. That's a, I love that question. <laughs> I love that question. I love yoga so much. 
at Princeton University, um, I found a yoga teacher. I kind of found a guru, a little bit of a, not really a guru, but a bit. And I kind of followed him from studio to studio. And that's where my practice really began. And I realized that this was something that I didn't always like doing, mm. but there was something about it that resonated with me. And I realized that having a ritual practice that was outside of my academic world mm. was something that I, I needed to cultivate. I needed to because that the simply being about work only was going to kill me. Mm. I um, just ultimately ended up just taking the teacher training because there comes a point where you realize you have to move forward. Yeah beyond just being a student. And um, and it was hard for me because you know, I'd been a university professor at that point for a long, long time. And I wasn't used to being a student again. So there was a little bit of hum- it was a humbling experience, um, but it was very, very good. And it's, a, it's something that is healthy. It sustains me. It's a ritualistic practice in the um, best possible way that you have to make time to do it. And if I don't do it, I feel don't feel as good as if I do do it. And it's something outside of my academic world, which is still, you know, the majority of my life. But there, but a big chunk of it is now the yoga. And I mm. think it's a very, whatever it is, if it's gardening or sailing or cooking or whatever one's thing is, that became my thing. And it's been very fruitful and it's overlapped with my research. Like part of the, the nudity book is actually a big chunk about yoga um, and particularly naked yoga and the sexualization of yoga. And, and so there's things that are critical about it too. But for me, it's one big integrated package. And I feel very lucky I managed to pull that off where I could have I could compartmentalize my academic and yoga life, but I can also integrate it when it's useful to me. Mm. And that's very important, I think, um, for living a good life, like a life that you feel like you have both control over, but it's also that full of possibility. I think we have to end on that. That was beautifully said. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Donna. Thank you for giving us your story and your brain and I'm really going to challenge people to uh, to go take a look at Free and Natural. And I really appreciate you giving us some inspiration and some practicality today. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Donna. This was wonderful. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. I'm Donna Peters. Subscribe to the podcast. Share ideas for future episode topics. Visit us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and at themesuite.com. That's the dash me dash suite.com. Sweet like executive suite. That's the dash me dash suite.com. The Me Suite, a source of power for the life minded. <laughs>